welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be. Hey everyone, this is Chris, and welcome back to Dads with Daughters, where we bring you guests to help you be active participants in your daughter's lives, raising them to be strong, independent women. You know, we're really excited today to have Matt Pressberry on with us today. Matt is a father of four, but he, and he has three sons and one daughter, but he also is in charge. He's the one of the main administrators with the Black Fathers Facebook group, and they also have a foundation that we're going to talk about today as well. So I'm really excited to have Matt on. Matt, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. You know, I'm really excited to have you here. Really was impressed with everything that you've been doing with your Black Fathers Facebook group. We're going to get into that. But first, I want you to go back in time because you've got four kids. But I want to talk about your daughter. So go back in time a little bit and tell me about the reaction that you had when you found out you were going to be a father of a daughter. So it was really surprised. That was my first reaction because I had the three sons. And as as many people do, when you have a string of, of children of the same gender, you, you're trying to get the opposite. So I, I, I kept making all of these boys. And at one point, I said, well, maybe I just can't make girls. Maybe it's just not for me. I'm ready to give up. And someone said to me, a coworker at the time, she said, well, who said that? Did God say that? I said, no, he, he didn't. <laughs> so I tried one more time and I got the girl. And that was it. So I was really surprised and I was ecstatic because I, I wanted to have a daughter so badly. So I was definitely happy and, and surprised because I thought it might have been one more son coming along and I would have been, I really would have been disappointed. So with the fact that you had three sons before you had your daughter, talk to me about how you have to parent differently with your daughter than you have with your sons. It's amazing. It's it's like a whole different world. It's like night and day almost. And a lot of times we make it that way as men just because we love women so much and we love girls because we love women and, and we see those qualities within them, the, the, the feminine qualities. And a lot of times with daughters, you get that they drop the lip and that whole sort of thing. And so it's it's difficult because boys don't operate the same way for the most part. You know, they don't automatically like the second my daughter came out, I was wrapped around her finger. And I'm sure there's so many other fathers who can attest to that just by virtue of her being a girl. And I was ready to do anything for her, anything she asked. And of course, I, I spoiled her. And much to my my detriment, <laughs> I spoiled her. So it, it's just so different. And I don't know why, but we really have to try hard not to be unfair and really have this double standard. But it's kind of innate. Whereas we look at boys and we're like, okay, they're tough. They're going to run through a wall and we're going to say, shake it off, you know. But a girl, if she she stubs her toe and we think it's like, oh, my God, we got to go to the ER. It's the end of the world. And, you know, so all of that sort of stuff is really what goes into into raising the girl and, and trying to be delicate because you feel like she's kind of like this porcelain doll and you don't want to break her. Whereas with boys, it's just like, man, whatever, go ahead, <laughs> you know. 
shake it off. You got to cut, suck the blood with a girl. We want to wrap it up in gauze and do all of this stuff and give her all of this attention and all of that. So it's, it's very different. And especially in terms of discipline, because I've never been able like I, I would give my son's spankings early on. I, I've gotten out of that, but I would definitely do that initially. But I just could never come to do that with my daughter. Like I would look at her and I would I would threaten her. And that's about the most I could do. I give her a real stern look and 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 raise my voice a little bit. But when it comes to putting hands on it, it just couldn't happen. So those are a lot of the differences. And I really have always worked to take time with my daughter. And I, I've, I've started to do the same with my sons for like one on one time. But with my daughter, I've I've made a really concerted effort to make time to have what we call dates or take her out and I want to show her how she's supposed to be treated and all of that sort of stuff. So those are things that were really, really intentional with her and things that I didn't necessarily do nearly as much with my sons. You know, it's really interesting when in hearing you say that and thinking about the societal norms and how we are taught as men to not only treat women, but also to to see women. And, you know, in, in you saying that the, that difference in the way that you find that you parent your sons versus your daughters. And I've heard some dads say, you know, I try to parent the same and it's not always easy to do. But it's just interesting to hear you say that because there is a stereotype about what boys and girls are like and you know and it's it's just kind of interesting to see how instead of having that disparity how we can get that into some level playing field so that there's not as much difference but i don't know how we get there i think much of it is that we really have to sit back and understand what we're doing like there was a time when my children were debating on who was supposed to wash the dishes and I put all of their names in randomizer. And of course, my, my daughter's name came up, but I lied to my kids and I told them that one of my boys name came up. So they had to wash the dishes. And I realized how wrong that was. So I said, you know, I'm going to I'm going to start really to to work to treat them more equally and not give her breaks because she's a girl. So we got to the point where one, she now takes out the trash. So, and and my sons are like, my youngest son, particularly, who's now 15, he's all about this gender equity business. And I don't know if it's really about gender equity or if it's just about, it helps him that he doesn't have to do the trash as often if she takes it out. But he claims it's about equity, that she should be able to do whatever, you know, he has to do. So she does take out the trash, much to my sister's chagrin. My sister, we were, we were at my sister's house yesterday, and my sister still has a problem with my daughter taking out the trash. But I said, you know, it is what it is, especially because she's going to grow up one day and probably at some point in time be on her own and have to take out the trash. She can't depend on anybody else, get somebody else to come over strictly to take her trash out. So she's got to be able to do it. And it's just fair. And then the other thing is that I really had to catch myself because when her brothers would do certain things to her and make her mad, I would tell her to hit them and just like really playfully. But even with that, I had to understand what I was instilling with her or in her. And that's something that as an educator, I always bring up the issue that 
we tell boys not to hit girls back, but do we tell the girls not to hit the boys in the first place? So that always created a problem. So I had to think about how I was really being a hypocrite because I would tell this to other children, but at the same time, I'm telling my daughter, it's okay to hit her brothers. So I had to stop doing that. And I told her, you can't do that anymore just because your girl doesn't make it okay to hit them because then it gets to the point where you're an adult, you're a woman, and you may want to steal off on your mate or something like that. And then he's catching a DV charge because you thought it was okay as a woman to hit a man, but he can't hit you back. So those sorts of things, we just really have to think about the ways that we are upholding this double standard and work to eliminate it. It's so interesting because I think that all of us have to think about that. We all have to say to ourselves, especially if we have kids of different ages, kids of different genders, and how we hold different children to different standards. Because I think, you know, I have two daughters myself, and I think I have to think to myself, okay, my oldest, am I holding her to the same standard as my youngest or and vice versa? Am I giving my youngest breaks that my my oldest didn't have? And I think that every one of us need to think about that because that that really is interesting that when you bring that up. It's not something that I can say that I've thought about a lot, but I think that there's been times in my life where I have, but it's not something I think about all the time. So I think, thank you for bringing that up because I think that every one of us need to think that up. And, and I think that that will really help all of us to be better fathers in the end. Now, one of the things that I want to ask you, because you have four kids, you have three boys and, and your daughter, is especially with your daughter, what would you say is your biggest fear? in raising a daughter in today's society? Biggest fear is really getting with an individual who doesn't treat her right, and especially someone who is abusive towards her, and also her getting pregnant prematurely. I think those those are definitely my two biggest fears. And with that, I work to constantly remind her that she's intelligent, and she has to work to make the best choices she possibly can. And I trust her to do so. So I, I don't worry. Like people, a, a couple people recently have said, oh, my God, she's so beautiful. I hope you got your shotgun ready. And, you know, this whole sort of thing. And I don't buy into that. I don't because I feel like when we as fathers get into that, we're showing our insecurities. And I feel like I don't have insecurities. I mean, I know there's certain things where it's always in the back of my mind, like this guy better treat her right, or, you know, it's going to be a problem if he doesn't. But I don't automatically think that there's going to be a problem just because she's pretty or just because she's a girl that boys are going to treat her wrong. I give them the benefit of the doubt, but I also make sure that I let them know that I am very active in her life and I will be here to protect her. So those are the biggest concerns. I just hope that the things that I've instilled in her, she'll be able to go back to and rely on. That's why, again, I really work to make such an effort to make that time to have one-on-one time and we have communication. I talk to her, even though she's really secretive about a lot of things. She doesn't like to really open up, but my wife and I work to 
pry certain things out of her just because we we want her to know that communication is key. We tell all our children that, but um, especially for her, communication is really key just so we know what's going on. We're not going to be crazy. We're not going to be stalking your your boyfriend or anything like that, but we just want to know and have an idea of what's going on. Now, I know that you said that you like to have these dad-daughter dates where you have those opportunities to be able to connect and, and stay connected as well. And I know with my girls getting older as well, it's so important, especially as they get into their teenage years, to be able to have strong bonds going into those years because they're going to get pulled in many different directions. And sometimes it's away from you as a father. So as you spend time with your daughter, what's your favorite thing to do with her or to share with her um, as you're spending time together? Two of our favorite things, uh, going for ice cream and going to the movies. Definitely those two. We, We do some other things together, but those are the main ones. She she's starting to get like going to the mall with her friends and things like that. So our our time has kind of become less and less because she's formed this social group that she wants to hang out with. But we still work to make time and and ice cream is her favorite. So it's never a problem getting her to go somewhere for ice cream. I hear you. Now, out of all the things we've been talking about, as you've been raising your daughter, what's been the hardest thing about being a father to a daughter? Currently, the hardest thing has been the discipline, I guess. And it's not like I don't want to come across as if she's a wild child or anything like that. But the hardest thing for me has been to be stern with her. <laughs> that's that's really what it is, because like I said, I, I spoiled her rotten from the beginning. When she was young, she used to have these horrible, horrible temper tantrums like you wouldn't even believe. My wife and I used to think she was honestly possessed by demons. She would she would go off so badly. And the only way that I could calm her down was I would have to give her a hug and I would have to say, I'm sorry. And I, I hadn't done anything wrong to her. But for whatever reason, when I would come to her and I would say, I'm sorry, and give her a hug, that made everything stop immediately. So that kind of really set set me up for problems with being stern with her and being a disciplinarian. But other than that, like there really haven't been a lot of problems um, keeping her room clean. Her room is horrendous. So <laughs> she probably doesn't want me telling the world that on a podcast, but it's just the reality of it. I don't know what it is, but her room stays in, in terrible shape, looking like a hurricane came through. So right now, that's my biggest headache is constantly having to tell her to clean the room and her doing things, putting a couple things here and there and calling it clean when it's still an absolute nightmare. But other than other aside from that, like she's she's an outstanding student, never, ever had a problem in school or anything like that. And like I said, I really trust her to make good choices as far as even just talking to young men and starting to go into those stages before you get to dating and that whole sort of thing. So yeah, that's pretty much been it so far. I appreciate you sharing that. And I have two daughters that I have considerable experience with messy rooms. And sometimes it's just so much easier just to close the door and walk away because you don't want your temper to go way up. And and sometimes you just have to just walk. So. I hear that. Now, 
I mentioned at the very beginning that you started a Facebook group called Black Fathers, and I'm really ex- excited to hear more about this because, you know, just like our Dads with Daughters group, your group has gotten very large. And and I and I, I really would. And one of the things that I love to do on this show is be able to share with all of you that listen that there are resources out there, resources that are beyond just the Facebook group that we have for Dads with Daughters, but there are face, there are Facebook resources and other resources that are out there, and we're going to share those along the way. So, Matt, tell me about Black Fathers. How did it start, and now where is it at? Black Fathers started in 2008, and where it came from was I've been working with fathers in different capacities for the past 17 years. And I had two father groups in the schools that I worked in. And other like I would bring fathers together for social activities just on the weekends, especially once I first got on Facebook. And I would just invite fathers to come out very loosely and go to the park and different things like that. So we started off like that. And I really wanted to maintain something where we got together in, in social activities with our kids and that whole sort of thing. When I first found out about the group feature and the ability to do that. I went specifically with Black Fathers because I saw it as an opportunity to, number one, do what I felt like mainstream media wasn't doing, and that was portraying us as Black men in a positive light. And I wanted Black men who were raising children to really be able to be seen by the world and understand that it's far more of a norm than a lot of people think it is. And it's it's much more the norm than the exception, honestly, in our community, in spite of a lot of the stereotypes and misnomers that are given when people think about black men who have fathered children. You get a lot of the that whole deadbeat thing, you know, and the kind of Johnny Appleseed kind of deal just here and there and having children all over that you're not taking care of. So we really wanted to debunk that. When I when I looked around in magazines, and this is not even just strictly about black men, but looking in magazines like Parenting Mag or Parents Magazine, as it's called, and at the time you could look through that magazine and see zero images of a father, especially not a black father, but any father. Period. So I really wanted to do more than just sit around and complain about what wasn't happening. I wanted to take action, and that action was the creation of the Black Fathers group, whereas we could post pictures of ourselves with our children, we could post videos, we could have stories about what we've done with our children, what we were planning on doing with our children, and all of these sorts of things. So that's really what I wanted to create. And then on top of that, I wanted us to really be a resource to one another in terms of asking for advice, getting advice, getting connections to lawyers. A lot of us face, deal with the family court system in terms of custody issues, child support, and all of that sort of stuff. So that's what the group was all about initially. And it really, we really wanted to have a space that was really specific to us as Black men. Like I said, really, a lot of it involved countering the stereotypes and misnomers that were held and really shattering those stereotypes about who we are. And a lot of it was just that we are basically overlooked or or looked through in society oftentimes as black men. So I wanted to put us 
really on a on a pedestal that I feel like we deserve to be on and, and shine a spotlight on a whole group of people in, in this country and beyond that really don't get that kind of attention, not in a positive kind of way. No, I love that. And I think that uh, much like what I and Brian Anderson did when we started this group for Dads with Daughters, it was a similar mentality of trying to bring people together, but also to ch- kind of move the needle. And now, and you took what you're doing to the next level, and you've started a foundation to move that needle even further. Isn't that right? Yes. So we started the Black Fathers Foundation in May, and that came about really as a result of one people continuously over the years telling me that I should start a nonprofit organization. And then the the real catalyst came from I applied for the Facebook Community Leadership Program and was accepted. So with that, it was kind of like there's no turning back. This is the opportunity. They gave me grant money and training and opportunity to network with 114 other group leaders who were starting projects, many of whom had nonprofit organizations already. So that was really the first step that we wanted to create the nonprofit. And actually, right now, we are currently fiscally sponsored by Strong City in Baltimore. So we haven't gotten our own 501c3 status yet. But we're still recognized in that vein. We, we're taking donations. Like we just had our gala where we've had many donations come through. So with that, what, what we're doing with the foundation is we have a three-prong approach on what we're doing. We want to be, number one, funders. We're doing scholarship funds. We're going to be doing also emergency funds for fathers in need, as well as funding organizations and providing micro grants to organizations that work with fathers, be they specifically fatherhood organizations or any other kind of organization that really supports black men who are fathers. We want to be able to help them do the work that they're already doing by providing funding. The other thing is creating events such as the gala, but even beyond that, we're doing events like we have one coming up October 26th uh, in the Baltimore area. We are going to Dave and Buster's, we're having a parents night out. So we're inviting 40 parents just to come out. And that's really in partnership with uh, Mothers and Sons Summit Worldwide. So a lot of what we plan to do will be in partnership with other organizations. So that is a time for parents just to come out, leave the kids at home and just have fun. We're going to be at Dave and Buster's. We have food, drinks, bowling, all of that sort of stuff. So we have the parents night out. Then we also have a, a film screening the next day of Hill Harper's movie, 1982. And we're going to have a panel discussion around the the subject matter of the film. So all of those sorts of things, we're going to be looking to partner with organizations and create events that support fathers and, and continue to give them an opportunity to come together, to network with one another and to get access to resources. And then the third thing is creating content. So we're looking to produce more books. I wrote a children's book and am selling that currently working on a second children's book. We want to do documentaries, coffee table books, and anything that just really continues to allow Black men to share their stories in their own voices and tell who they are and the things that they're doing with their children. So all of those things, those real, those three strong approaches are what the foundation is about. So now you just said that you were an author. Why don't you tell me about what your two books are about? So my first book called I Want My Daddy to Do It, and that is based around my 
youngest son, who is now 15, when he was between two and three, my mom lived with us. And his favorite phrase used to be, no, I want my daddy to do it. Whenever she would offer to help him or even my wife would offer to help him with anything, he would say, nope, I want my daddy to do it. So that became a poem. I wrote it as a poem. And then several years down the line, I finally got it illustrated and published. So that's all about him and the things that he wants me to help him do throughout the course of a day. Uh, the second book, which is forthcoming, is called Still a Ladybug, and that is based around my daughter. So her name is Layla, and we've always called her from the beginning. It was Ladybug, which we shortened to Bug, and even at 13 years old, I still call her Bug. So the, the premise of that is it, you, you have this young girl who's growing up with three brothers, and she can be just as rough and tumble as they are, and she can also be delicate at the end of the day. I say, I'm still a lady. So that that's the whole thing. It's really that switching back and forth between doing karate and playing football with her brothers and all of that sort of stuff and still wanting to go hang out with her girlfriends at the mall and get her nails done and all of that sort of stuff. So that's that's the idea behind that one. I appreciate you sharing that. We'll put links in the notes today to the Black Fathers Group, the foundation, uh, Matt's first book. The next one's still coming out. So you will have to watch for that down the road. But Matt, we've come to a point where we always finish our interviews with what we like to call our fatherhood five, where we ask you five questions to delve deeper into you as a father. So in one to two words, what is fatherhood to you? A blessing. When was a time that you felt that you finally succeeded as a father to a daughter? I would say when the the, the first one would have to be when she told me she wanted to be a neonatal surgeon. I think that was that was the biggest one. And then soon after, she told me she wants to work on the gender wage gap. And I was like, yes, that's my girl. <laughs> How would your kids describe you as a father? I would like to think that they would describe me as a very cool father. I think that was even like my oldest son and I, who's 20 and is a junior in college, we just went to an Orioles baseball game not long ago. So even at, at that age, they still like to hang out with me. So I, I think I'm a, I'm a pretty hip dad <laughs> and a lot of fun. I think we, we definitely keep the lines of communication open, and I also really instilling them a, a sense of purpose. And so I think that's what they get. I, I, I lead by example, and I know that they see that and the things that I do and the things that I accomplish. And they've told me how proud they are of me, and there's no other feeling in the world like that. When you have, especially young children, who tell you that they're proud of you as a father and as a man for the for the things that you do. So... Now, who inspires you to be a better dad? There are quite a few people. One is uh, a mentor of mine by the name of David Miller. There's another by the name of Richard Rowe, who we gave at our gala. We gave our very first Foundations of Fatherhood Award to Richard Rowe. So, so people like that, that I see every day. And a lot of other good friends of mine I have. I, I've created a shirt that says, All My Homeboys Raise Their Babies. So we, in, in the circle that we keep, everybody takes care of their kids. So we, we, we don't hang around, quote unquote, deadbeats, though, you know, you really do have to meet people where they are. But 
we don't have time for people who don't want to take care of their children. And there's a difference between being kept away from your child and just having no interest in raising your child. So, you know, that that's the thing. When I see my guys, my peers who are really working hard to raise their children and really working hard to change the narrative about fathers, specifically black men, those, those people inspire me daily. And there was one, I'll just say this really quickly, one who really inspired me. I don't know this guy at all, but I was at the playground one day and young guy walked up with a, a toddler. He's holding the toddler's hand, walks up to the playground and he had a diaper in his back pocket. And that's one of the images that I will never, ever forget. And that's one person who I, I say really pushed me to start Black Fathers. So just seeing this young man, and seeing like he it's just by by any means I don't have a diaper bag I just stick the diaper in my back pocket so people when I see those images they really inspire me and and young men to this day really young guys who even teenage fathers I see walking the street pushing strollers and that that just brings joy to my heart so they really push me to keep going what advice would you give to other dads with daughters brace yourself <laughs> I would say really, really work to eliminate double standards. There are always going to be things. I mean, it's just inherent that we, to a degree, treat girls differently. We look at them differently. So we, you know, we obviously will treat them somewhat differently. But I think, I think one of the biggest things is to really work to eliminate those double standards and also work to instill in them the the values that you want them to have so that you can trust that they will make good decisions. I think that's the biggest thing. And if we do that and we really spend the time with them, communicate with them, understand what they have going on and don't try to force them to be who you want them to be, really let them be themselves, but make sure that you give them a foundation and that way you can allow them to go off and understand that they're going to make mistakes but our boys make mistakes too. And we don't have to treat our girls any differently. We don't have to wrap them in a cocoon to protect them. You learn from making mistakes, you know, and all you can do is do your best as a dad and really hope that you've given them enough of a foundation and guidance that even when they make those mistakes, they learn from them and they can bounce back to them, bounce back from them, excuse me. And it, it doesn't devastate them to the point where, you know, you have to act like it's the end of the world. I think those are the really biggest things. I really appreciate you sharing that and sharing everything that you've shared today. It's been great getting to know you. Now, if, if people want to find out more about you and everything that you're doing, where should they go? So the number one place is Facebook. And they can go to my, my profile, Matt Pressburg, on Facebook, constantly putting information there. Also, the Black Fathers Foundation page on Facebook, where we're constantly putting information, pictures, and, and everything that we're working on through the foundation. For Black men who are interested, obviously, you can go to the Black Fathers Facebook group. And we also have uh, Instagram at Black Fathers Foundation. We're working on getting a website together. So, of course, once we get the website together, then a lot of information will flow through there as well. If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Dads with Daughters podcast, we invite you to check out the Fatherhood Insider. The Fatherhood Insider is the essential resource for any dad that wants to be the best dad that he can be. We know that no child comes with an instruction manual, and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. 
And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step roadmaps, and more, you will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.org. If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be. We're all in the same boat And it's full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time We give the lessons We make the meals We buy them presents Bring your A-game Cause those kids are growing fast The time goes by just like a dynamite blast Calling astronauts and firemen Carpenters and muscle men Get out and be the world to them Be the best dad you can be Be the best dad you can be